people think it was derelict. Do you know who else is derelict? Matt Cooper. <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start off the episode with a bit of... Is, is that slander or is that something else? That's not slander, that's truth. No. Derelict. That's, uh, I mean, you could probably defend it as a reasonable opinion. Matt, Matt Cooper isn't derelict. I'd, I'd say he probably is, in fairness. Um, I, uh, <sighs> I upgraded my computer. I was, I was obliged to upgrade my computer to Windows, whatever the new 11, whatever the new fucking one is. This and, new Windows? Yeah, and what they've done Why? to copy Apple, I think, is uh. moved the, the icons all to the middle of the bar on the mi- underneath. And I Why? fucking hate it. I don't because they also have icons in the bottom right, like time and volume and all that kind of shit. So they've just made it asymmetrical, and I hate it. Yeah. Like, every ten... time I log in now, I wince a little bit. I mean, you should uh, be able. Hmm? You should be able to change it back so it looks like Windows ninety five anyway, can't you? Most Windows um, versions you can do that. I just it's don't have the self confidence. Yeah, if I do it, I'm convinced I'll kill something else. Well, because I I didn't like uh, I didn't like Windows ten either. I, I liked seven a lot. Seven was great, but like they ten had like the app store and stuff they stuck on there, and it, you can kind of use it the way you always could. But then like you'll push the wrong button by accident, and suddenly you're on an app store telling you that you can't download from Google Play or whatever. And it's like I don't know what this means. I just want to open the downloads folder. That's all I wanted here. I don't know hmm. how this has gone so wrong for me. They definitely really tried to push towards thinking, oh, everyone's laptops in the future are going to be touchscreeny things. Let's have, do you remember, was that, that wasn't Windows 10, was it? That was Windows 9. And the opening screen was essentially like, a, was like sp- trying to like be an iPad thing with all the little app windows and everything. And then it turned out people fucking hated that. And they were like, no, okay, okay, here's a main menu. Didn't they skip 9? Didn't it go Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 10? Oh, maybe, maybe 8 was the shit one. And they had so bad that they skipped 9. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, I can't keep up with these things anyway. You fuck the thing tells you you have to download an update, you download an update, and nothing works properly anymore. You're like, cool, this is great. I Love I do this. I do remember when I was in college, it was my last year, like two months out from exams, my computer like just stopped working. And I tried to reboot it, but I could only reboot it with like a trial version of Windows 7. And I kept <laughs> getting like this ominous message being like, you know, 20 days left on your trial, 10 and I was like, oh, fuck, I need this to last for another 60 days. And I, then I got the option for a free upgrade to Windows 8, and that just completely overrid uh, the trial warning. So after that, I just had a per- I had a permanent version of Windows 8 because apparently Sweet. they never accounted for people upgrading while on a trial. So it was, it was amazing. Mm. It was great. Awesome. There's that's news for everyone out there. Just get a trial and upgrade, and you're probably good to go. They're offering you yeah. an upgrade now, guys. It's the perfect time to try. Yeah, but speaking of those fucking stupid upgrade things, I had to update my phone recently because of some security flaw or something. And the fucking, I never have issues with any of these things. I usually, do, in fairness, I don't upgrade very often. But I never have really issues with these things. I know it's people upgrade and they're like, oh, my fucking camera doesn't work anymore. When I open it now, it's a void to hell that I can see through. And I see all the demons of, of Stalin's past running through, through time. It's like, okay, I, I just, I just want to get to my email. My fucking emails don't work anymore. If I'm not connected to like Wi-Fi, my fucking emails won't load. It's just a blank page. Fucking unreal. The only fucking thing I need from this stupid fucking device that it doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> Awful. I sort of think that phone support is like the worst of all types of support. My phone screen stopped working and I went on to Samsung and was like, can you fix this? This wasn't my fault. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Send it into the to the repair dude. I got a text from the repair dude yesterday. been like, yeah, your phone's broken. It's a hundred quid to fix it. But no, that's Samsung was supposed to communicate with you. It's they're paying, not me. Yeah, so, I, I, 
I try not to talk to support people if I can avoid it. I'll just accept a problem is there forever and I'll just learn to live with it. That's that's yeah. how I approach these things. I, I can't, I don't have the patience or time to argue with someone for six hours on the phone to get something sorted. I'll just, I'll, I'll live with it. It's okay. That's fine. You know, oh, the fucking, the, the volume buttons don't work on my, on my TV anymore. That's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll play it in silence. That's all right. It's a silent TV now. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. The same. I have been like, you know, this, I had this new phone for like a month and now I'm back to my old one and I realized I've been working with a phone with a cracked screen for nearly two years now. Um, you see the cracked screen on the new one. Yeah. I, 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 otherwise <laughs> I, I can't really appreciate yeah. it properly. So I shattered the screen. So you, it's, it's, so you're used to it, you know, just so it's I, in the physical condition that you expect. Also the cracks are pernicious enough that sometimes I think that they're part of the, the letters. So I once read the word laughter as an after because it was adding two <laughs> lines either side. And instead of thinking that was the phone crack, I was like, this idiot doesn't know how to spell laughter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't be done with dictionary stuff. Before we move on, I just, I just, it's in my head now. I, uh, I was talking to, I think I was talking to my brother recently. And I ha- I've ha- I'm in the middle of a support experience that I unfortunately had to go through. But uh, I, my Joy-Cons broke for the switch i got very lucky where for like i think it's been out like four years now never had a problem and then all of a sudden one of them just just stopped working and it's like okay well that's unfortunate so you try and get this thing arranged to get shipped off <laughs> and it finally gets shipped off and they, you have to jump through all these fucking hoops and it's like okay now it's gone and i finally got an email this morning to say hey it'll be another 10 working days before we fix this or whatever it's like okay whatever i don't fucking care but this thing's off getting fixed and it's like okay so this, I just have an unusable screen now. I just have like a little, a little touchscreen tablet type thing, but I actually can't use it for anything. Like it's, it's completely worthless. So I send this thing off and I say to Aoife, I was like, okay, well, look, we're just going to have to, we're going to pick up a couple of controllers because this thing just doesn't work anymore. And God knows when they'll fix it. So I just have to do it. It costs 75 fucking euro for those shitty little plastic controllers that randomly break since the thing came out. 75 fucking euro. Yeah. Unreal. Oh. Those those yokes, I don't understand them. I, when I we got a spare pair in case we wanted to play four player Mario Kart, and we were like, "How much could they possibly cost? Like sixty quid?" And that's like a hundred and fucking something. It's so expensive. It's crazy. <laughs> I oh. thought it would be about fifty quid, and I was like, "Do you know what? I don't really want to have to spend fifty quid because Nintendo have a manufacturing flaw from day fucking one, and now my you know three hundred euro toy is unusable if I don't fucking buy one." But I thought, okay, I just I'll bite the bullet. I'll just fucking buy it. <laughs> 75 fucking euro for me to be able to use their fucking toy for the next like three weeks while they fucking send me out the controllers that they broke unreal especially really because they, they look like lucky bag toys they look they couldn't yeah. look cheaper if they tried which is oh, yeah, yeah. makes it all the worse yeah it's 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 the cheapest plastic you can imagine like it literally it's a super thin plastic shell that has a little analog stick on it and a couple of buttons like the inside of it is probably just a couple of small wires glued down it's just plastic, like it's not nothing to it. The simplest of like engineering things. It's it's the kind of thing that uh that if you send your kid on like an engineering like summer camp, they'd probably build something more advanced during the course of those like ten weeks than the fucking controller is. But I was talking to Jordan about it, and I was saying like it really is true that Nintendo do get away with fucking murder. Like they're just they're just able to like sell like an eight year old game for ninety quid, and they're never gonna budge on it, and that's fine, and everyone lets them away with it. Or, like, they have a manufacturing flaw that if something goes wrong, and it will, it will always go wrong. Like, the, the Joy-Con drift is an inevitability. It will absolutely happen to almost everyone. <laughs> you either just kind of wait it out and you can't use your fucking thing for uh, however long it takes them to fix it, 
Or you're down fucking 75 fucking bones. It won't <laughs> happen to me. Problem. It'll never happen to me. You don't that's have a why. switch. That's why. You, switch. That's why I yeah. said almost everyone. The only then, people that it won't happen to don't have one. <laughs> but then, Steve, you will never experience the joy of Breath of the Wild. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. I could not care fucking less about Joy of the Wild. <laughs> that sounds like some blue movie where people go off fucking in a forest. Speaking of blue movie, I uh, I have a retraction I need to make. I, I complained about Nicolas Cage in this podcast uh, probably about 20 weeks ago at this stage that he's every he's in a million movies a year and they make him play the same fucking character. It's like Jim Carrey shit all over again. I watched a brand new Nicolas Cage movie recently days ago in fact called Willy's Wonderland and I think it is Nicolas Cage's best performance. And I don't mean that sarcastically or as a joke. Honestly, it is probably my favorite Nicolas fucking Cage movie. It's only like 90 minutes long and it's fucking awesome. It rules. What a is great this, fucking movie. Is this the one that's basically Five Nights at Freddy's? But yes. They, did, they didn't have the license to that. It's, it, uh, what, if we, what if Five Nights at Freddy's was a movie and we put Nicolas Cage in as a silent hero? He does not utter a single fucking word in the whole film. And it's great. It is great. I like that normally when you know, a movie character doesn't utter a single word in the film, it's for some very arty reason. Like that Robert Redford movie uh, where he... Um... Steven, here. We should give him, we should give him a yeah. second here because uh, this is coming across on the mic. <laughs> there, no, I've, 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 mu- I've muted them. I'll start again. Um, I like when, um, when you uh, have a movie where the main character doesn't say anything. It's normally for some very arty reason. It's normally yeah. like Robert Redford trying to survive in a boat and there's no one to talk to or, you know, it's yeah. like human. No, I can't imagine a Nicolas Cage movie has any such stuff. It's just, it would be cool if Nicolas Cage didn't say a word. Yeah, they just, they brought on Nicolas Cage and he says no words for the entire movie, even when he interacts with other humans. He does not utter a single fucking word. It is phenomenal. It's great. We were like 40 minutes into this movie and I said to Aoife, I was like, I really fucking hope that he doesn't make a sound this fucking movie. And I don't mean like, I was expecting like it would get to the very end of the film and he'd have something to say or have some line. He doesn't. He does not utter a single fucking word. It is great. <laughs> they brought him in and they, they could have got anybody, but they didn't. They got Nicolas Cage and he just is a character actor that just is acting through just actions the whole fucking movie. And the most he gets to is he makes the odd sound here and there, but he doesn't ever say a word. It, excellent. Everyone should watch it. Great fucking movie. Bought it for four euro on the fucking Sky Store. Would have paid 10 times that. Fantastic. <laughs> As the janitor begins his duties, the restaurant's now withered eight animatronic mascots, Willy Weasel, Artie Alligator, Cammy Chameleon, Ozzy Ostrich, Nighty Night, Tito Turtle, Gus Gorilla and Siren Sarah are revealed to be sentient and homicidal. Yeah, it is fantastic. It is great. What a great movie. Also, there's one scene, and I'm going to spoil the scene for people, sorry, but there's one scene where he, he's, uh, his arms are like tied behind his back, so he has like no use of his arms, and he just starts headbutting these fucking robots. Like he's <laughs> just walking to the restaurant, just loafing every fucking robot in his way. It's great. What a great fucking movie. He's been in. He's been in a lot of really good movies in the last few years. Like he was in Color Out of Space, and did you, and do you ever see Mandy? Which is essentially where I think his girlfriend goes missing or gets killed or something, and he just goes batshit and it starts murdering people for like two hours. No, I didn't. In, I didn't see in, Mandy. Into the Spider Verse, and I the, the um the new movie he's in that's kind of come out 
which um, sounds like the greatest fucking movie of all time, is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And he plays himself. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, the title is good enough, but here's the premise. He plays himself and he's offered a million dollars to attend the birthday of a Mexican super fan. Uh, but then at the party, the fan forces him to be to like play all his most famous and iconic characters in order to save his wife and daughter because the fan is like a drug lord. Well, that'll save right. time. He only has the one fucking character from 1990 through fucking 2004. I don't feel I don't see how this drug lord could survive going up against his character from Face Off. <laughs> well, see, that's what I mean. Like the the problem with Nicolas Cage is he has these early movies that are really good, and because of the way he acts in them. Every movie for like 10 to 15 years after that is the same fucking thing. And then you finally get these these weird little indie films come out that he's in because he doesn't say no to anything. And for once, someone's like, hey, what if we didn't do all that shtick that's fucking boring and overused? And it's great. He's so good in it. Well, what I find funny is that for a whole fucking generation, his most iconic role is National Treasure, which... You know, at the time, was just like this generic blockbuster that no one really cared for, but it's just apparently done really well on DVD and Netflix. Whenever you give it five years, Dan, everyone's everyone's uh, idea of him would be National Treasure 2, because the first one's too old for them. I do think Da Vinci Code came out, and people were like, I don't like this. I like National Treasure. Let's do that one. <laughs> In fairness, I didn't like the Da Vinci Code either. That was a real two hours of my fucking time I wish I could get back. Yeah, all the puzzles in the Da Vinci Code are like, oh yeah, I'll cite this obscure bit of history knowledge. Whereas all the puzzles in National Treasure are like, ah yes, invisible ink on the back of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also like the 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 like guy that's chasing them throughout throughout uh, the entirety of the Da Vinci Code isn't scary at any point. He just kind of feels kinky the whole time, and it's like <laughs> I I don't know whether he's gonna kill him or fuck him. Like I, I I'm just, really confused. I do just imagine Dan Brown being like, he's albino. Isn't that weird? that's basically it it's like yeah this guy's kind of like weird but also like he's really just mainly kinky like it's it's not so much like this scary guy's gonna kill him it's like he might fuck him i really don't know what he's gonna do if he gets his hand on you guys you should keep fucking running (laughs) but yeah everyone check out willie's wonderland fucking awesome what a great movie love maybe maybe nicholas cage is gonna swing back into relevance for my topic then because i was i was thinking about this steve when um when you tweeted that he'd seen the new Wes Anderson film and that it was really, it was really good because I think Wes Anderson is kind of fallen it's into It's a nice this, little film. But he's kind of fallen into this crack along with Christopher Nolan and a few others for me where I liked their old movies so much that the fact that I didn't really enjoy their most recent movie at all, not, not uh, French Dispatch, but Isle of Dogs and for Christopher Nolan, Tenet, that I sort of don't know if I really like them that much anymore, especially when there's like such a gap between films. So it's like the last... Wes Anderson film I saw that I liked was back in like 2015 or something. The last Christopher Nolan film was around the same time. Do I still like those? You know, like it's almost like you fall out of love with someone and you haven't necessarily realized it yet. I don't have the attention span. I don't have the attention span to maintain my dislike of a particular director over the course of five years. Just that one. I just look at the the trailers and go off the trailers usually. I mean, I don't have to maintain my... It's not like I'm going around most days being like, oh, Wes Anderson... It's just whenever the whenever the trailer comes out, I can like. Remember. I like that Dan sitting in the cinema and then Wes Anderson trailer comes on. He turns it to Macho Man in the oh! seat. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Mister Anderson. <laughs> just getting escorted out. You're gonna need Mr. to cast so many Adrian Brodies to win me back. Mister Anderson, Anderson, welcome back. Oh, I can't wait for Matrix Four. 
I'm so excited. I'm very excited with the whole. It's gonna yeah. suck, and I can't yes, wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> I, how are they? How are they gonna? How are they gonna justify it? Like, is Neil just gonna show up being like, "I'm fine, actually." Yeah, they're just really? gonna say he wasn't dead. <laughs> and then it goes because you know what you can why not well you know it was I don't even sh- remember I don't even remember what happens in Matrix 3 he, he just he be- sort of Jesus he becomes died, Jesus yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Be- he becomes he becomes Jesus and they hold him up on like a he's not held up on a cross but he's well, in easy. a everyone, everyone knows Jesus comes back after three days what's what's different well there you go yeah. I think they're basically gonna do the you know the way the Matrix tree starts where he's trapped inside the Matrix like his body is one place and he's he's like trapped mm-hmm. inside they're trying to get him I'm pretty sure Matrix 4 is just that again. He's just, his body is dead, but now he's permanently inside the Matrix. Like, he's part of this forever. But who are the baddies? Uh, because it's like, he, 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 he basically made the equivalent of the Good Friday Agreement with the, with the machines. So unless he's going to full-on renege on his agreement, I'm not, I don't see him as the goody anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Look, it's going to be a weird, interesting movie. It's probably not going to be great, but that's fine, because Matrix 3 wasn't either. So, I Matrix mean, I'm 2 not... wasn't. Only the I Matrix, Matrix was good. No, Matrix Two was the worst of them. By far, that's the one where the no. fucking the machine, the personification of the machine, basically talks like a sequel statement. Like he just talks like a piece of code. Yeah, um, but Tree is a lot worse. Like Tree, Tree is so much worse. At least Tree is the men in the gun, the gun uh, mechs shooting well, at the flying robots as they come in to attack. What was the city called? Babylon or Zion? Zion, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, like Tree has the better action scenes than two for sure, but like Tree as a movie is like real messy and stuff, and like it, it's only really good because I guess they <laughs> Neo's boring in Matrix Two, and the best part of a Matrix Three is that he's constantly in situations that don't benefit him. Like he's trapped at the start of Matrix Three, so he can't help anyone. He's trapped, like he has all these powers which are great, but he can't get out of the situation he's in, so he's stuck. So you you eliminate him from the conversation, and then he has the the real life fight with the with Anderson or with with uh, Smith on the ship, and again he has none of his powers. He's a regular human at this point who's just on this ship, and he gets blinded and stuff. And it's like, okay, those are those are better situations to be in. But you have to take the main character out of three quarters of the fucking movie to get there. So it's like, all right, well, let's just not do it then. I don't know, just kill him in two. We should run- rewatch the tr- we should rewatch the three of them before Matrix Four comes out. You guys got sixty two hours. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all I'm gonna be able to comment on is how much better the first one is than the other two. Oh, like, Matrix like, One is fantastic. Is there any other trilogy that's coasted as much on the reputation of the first movie? National Treasure. There's no <laughs> Is there a National Treasure Three? I think it's in production. Probably. Ah, oh, so much waste. If it's it's if it's already out and I haven't yeah, seen it, so much there is National time. Treasure Three. It's called the un- the unbearable weight of wasted <laughs> potential or whatever. <laughs> I like the National un- Treasure. I don't know if I, I saw that. I don't think National Treasure Two is any good. I always confuse National Treasure with Night at the Museum for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Easy mistake to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One's Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson is a tiny cowboy, and the other one is is uh, Nicholas wow. Cage. Easy mistake. He wow. isn't that, that, that's Owen Wilson, isn't he? He's a tiny cowboy in Night at the Museum. Wow. Uh, yeah, and Steve Coogan is a Roman, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Matrix Three. I've seen a different. Uh, I guess, I guess, yeah. I guess Halloween is a good example too. Halloween One is a great horror film. Halloween's two through nine hundred are pretty mediocre films. I feel um, like horror films are different though, because like 
when you get into like deep horror films, everyone knows they're a bit shit, and they're just they're 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 pitched to a very specific genre of horror fan who just only will well, watch horror movies and don't give a shit if they're good or bad. So I, I, I like a million Friday the Thirteenth as well, right? So uh, yeah, but that's because people like them, so let's just keep making them. Why not? Hmm. Um, I uh, I like I like the the Halloween franchise. I actually seen the latest one on Halloween. Um, just gone. And uh, it, they're good. They're good for reboots. It's kind of weird. I think these ones are supposed to be... What if Halloween 1 happened, but then this was actually Halloween 2? I think that's the way they're trying to do it. I'm not overly sure. It's kind of weird and disjointed to tell what is or isn't included as part of this like new series, because it's like a trilogy they're doing. Um, But it's really good for a modern horror because it doesn't do a lot of the campier things from old horrors that a lot of people have the the habit of doing when they bring out a new one it's a lot of stuff like you know everyone knows michael myers is this you know almost unkillable like killing machine so there's parts where when they put him in a situation rather than like him just kind of appearing behind them and stabbing them in the back a few times he's like big and scary and he'll like throw them against the wall and slowly strangle them until their neck breaks or whatever and it's like okay this is a very this is a this is a more like modern take on how like on, on these films it's a lot more like action based when it comes to the, the death scenes than it is like you know super yeah. slow and stuff but there's one thing in halloween kills that absolutely fucking ruins the movie for me i just it, it was not terrible but it's just so goofy that like i couldn't get over it there's this guy that's escaped a mental asylum just like just like michael has in this in this new series except for during the two movies that are out so far the final one's out next year Michael Myers is this very big, very powerful, like, killing machine. If people see him, no matter what they do, he seems to just, like, gorily tear them apart. Like, he'll, he'll impale them somehow. Sometimes he'll rip their eyes out, whatever he feels like doing at that point in time. There's this other guy that escapes, and he's a much smaller, chubbier, like, frail, <laughs> older man. And they're all convinced he's the real Michael Myers somehow, even though he doesn't look anything like Michael Myers. And then when he kills himself, they're like, Guys, I don't think this was Michael Myers. Like, well, of course it wasn't. <laughs> he doesn't even kind of look like the fucking guy. And the, there's also characters that have also like been like in or around or survived Michael, so they know exactly what he looks like and like how imposing and stuff he is. And during the whole time, they're like, "We have to kill this frail old man. He's Michael Myers." It's like I don't. I, this is so goofy. Like this is movie two. This is so goofy. It's really, it's re- it's really bad. It's such a like. It's just too silly for its own good, especially for when, like, the rest of the movie... It's pretty... pretty. Yeah, decent. yeah, like, because they don't... Uh, when he does things, he does things in a way that he's trying to, like, intimidate people before he kills them. Like, they're really leaning into the fact that this is, like, a child in, like, a, you know, an, a, a grown, like, overly powerful man's body. So mm. when if he decides that he's going to, like, scare somebody and then break their neck, he's going to scare them and then break their neck. So stuff like that. He just does things on purpose all the time. But then there's that scene and it's like, they're not even like, the, the guy might as well be a fucking woman and say, that's Michael Myers. Like, it's so silly. It's like, come on, come on, do better, do better than I mean, this. Do you not think that the Halloween franchise is fighting an uphill battle now because the main villain is called Mike Myers? No, no, I think, yeah. I think it's perfectly fine. I did think it was weird when he looks into the camera and says, yeah, baby. I, that kind of threw me a little but bit. Do, do you remember that part in Baby Driver where they had to get masks for the heist and they were, he was told to get Michael Myers masks but your yeah. man comes back with Austin Powers masks <laughs> instead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. 
Yeah, it's, it's. I've never, I've never seen any of the Halloween films. I had no idea Donald Pleasant played somebody in it. That's so random. <laughs> yeah, the Halloween films are really good. Like, if someone's looking for like you know a classic '80s horror like slasher film, the Halloween films are just as good as the Friday the Thirteenth and the uh, the um, Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, you know, they're they're right up there with them. I think it's just a case of like, I feel like over here, where we were much more. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th based when it came to like horror movie franchises. And so mm. a lot of people wouldn't really have seen Halloween that much. But uh, yeah, they're very good. And the new ones are very good too. I like them a lot. Also, they keep themselves to like 90 fucking minutes, which is perfect. I don't need a four hour long horror film when you try and explain to me the origins of this fucking villain. He's a big guy that kills. Great. Mm. <laughs> we're done. That's all I need. Tell me this story in 90 minutes and we're good to go. Yeah, it's very good. It's at that one scene. It's it's very it's very good. It's very good for a modern horror. Ugh. I have a list here. I was just thinking again of um, trilogies with one good movie, and there's it's way more than I thought. There's what, like Jaws, The Hangover, Predator. Okay, Neat, for, I I don't know. The, parents, the Hangover, Pirates of the Caribbean. Also, Predator Two was pretty good when they're in the Men city. In Black. Predator Two was shit. I like well, you, at, some, at some point, you're just going to get into the weeds of films that had one really good theatrical release and then a string of uh, like the DVD type release. Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's still pretty prominent here. But, Jurassic you know, there's, Park. A, there's a black, there's a Black Hawk Down too. For fuck's sake, that's amazing, isn't there? What what is it about? The, the plane crash or the helicopter crashes I don't again? Fucking no. The helicopter that crash originally comes back to life. <laughs> it lifts off. <laughs> I would say I don't fucking know, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I was going to say, if anyone here has seen it, it's definitely you. Oh yeah, because uh, because you were aware of its existence, which is often a prerequisite for having seen something. No, sorry, I mean, there actually isn't a Black Hawk Down two. There is a Behind Enemy Lines two and three though. Two and three, <laughs> they got third on it. That's excellent. Even before, even more Behind Enemy Lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you can oh. believe it, oh, no. Behind Enemy Lines three, the most fucking behind we can get. This is it's, it's, a, it's a bit like Home <laughs> Alone. It, where where you, it's like Kevin's been left home again. It's set. It's set in Colombia. <laughs> yeah. Behind that's... enemy lines, Colombia. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's excellent. Right on the fucking nose. Love it. Uh, starring, Who starring behind enemy Joe, lines? Joe Magniello, <laughs> WWE wrestler, Mr. Kennedy, Keith David, and Matheson. I'm sorry, they put. Oh, okay. Mr. Kennedy <laughs> is such a weird name. He's a he's a wrestler from Wisconsin. That his whole gimmick was that like when he used to come down the ramp, an old timey microphone would come down into his hand, and he'd announce himself to the ring. Um, uh, I can take it. And then, like, that's like as far as he ever got. Like, that's a really <laughs> weird guy to have as like, like someone seeing him and being like, "We need him. We need him in the movie." It's so bizarre. Like, what a weird choice. I Although I say biggest, that, I think it's the biggest name they have. <laughs> in saying that, though, I do. I am. Jog man in it. Who the fuck is Joe Manganiello? Joe He's Manganiello? Um, the guy from from uh, Magic Mike. Oh, the guy who looks like he's carved of stone. Who also has a wrestler in it because Kevin fucking Nash is in the Magic Mike series. He plays Tarzan. <laughs> hmm. He's the really big guy. <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Yeah, what a weird choice. That's really strange. But now that I'm thinking about it, like Seamus is also like fucking Bebop or Rocksteady or whatever in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So I guess that's fine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> also randomly plays a fucking bartender in like whatever. I can't remember what movie. I mentioned it on the show before, I think. Or I didn't. 
I was watching some movie one night that had like a bizarre series of people on it and Seamus was one of their cameos. And I was like, why? <laughs> why? He's on it for like a minute. He's like, oh, I'll give you $50. And that's like his whole, that's the whole cameo. It's like, that could not have been worth your time. This could not have been worth your fucking time at all. Maybe he just really wants to get into TV. He's in loads of TV and movies. Well, that's, that's a very interesting. I mean, probably not. <laughs> but like, he's in them. <laughs> you know, that's fine. Teenage Mutant Turtles was a big fucking blockbuster, and he's one of the he's one of the yeah. main characters. So he, he was. So if he's Bebop, who's Rocksteady? Uh, I don't know. I I can't think like, of it. So does he keep his accent in it? Do they have like an in-universe so. explanation for yeah, why Rock City or Bebop is Well, he's, is he's an Irish, a big fucking Irish like anthropomorphic hog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, they call oh, him Bono the whole time. He shatters out the tones <laughs> to do all this shit. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. When the turtles beat him, he just calls them wankers and drifts off into the fucking sea. <laughs> yeah. And what, what's else on your list there? What, 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 are, what other ones are on the list of the, no, the... I, I, after after that it gets very dodgy and it's sort of very um, dependent on you just not liking a lot of films. So like after that, you start mentioning stuff like um, like Transformers, where I think they're all a bit shit, or Terminator, which is a terrible uh, call because it relies on you not liking Terminator One, which is cl- a classic mm. film. Terminator Iron 1, Man. fantastic. There's only one bad scene in Terminator 1, and it's that stop-motion effect, and that's just poor aging. Like, the rest of the film is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I mean, Shrek? Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. I, do, I don't understand the Shrek phenomenon. I don't get it. Aoife loves it. Everyone I know fucking loves Shrek. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't understand the love for Shrek. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but, but, but by that logic, none of them are good to you. I know. So it's a bad that, trilogy. We're on the same wavelength here. But I yeah, think but... Shrek 1 is okay, and I don't get the hype around it. I would never watch Shrek 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, the Christmas special, the Halloween specials, the New Year special, the Valentine's special. I'm just not going to do it. What about Shrek merchandise? Okay, well, that I have. I have the cap yeah, that has Shrek's ears on it and his eyes on the, on the front of it. So uh, it looks like Shrek's head is on your head. The fucking stupidest inclusion here is Alien. And like, there's been a lot of shit Alien movies, but the first two are great. And they're great in completely different ways. I don't. That's such a weird inclusion. Yeah, Alien is fantastic. Aliens, I think, is is very good too. Yeah, Alien is maybe, better. But I, I really like in, Aliens. Yeah, maybe uh, we're alone Alien, in that. Alien Two. Um, what's it? Yeah, Alien. Aliens plural. The second one is brilliant. Also, the greatest fucking like naming scheme they've done in any film of of all time. They just put an S on the end, and they're yeah. good to go. Like aliens. in terms. Aliens Terminator is even more 2. chilling, and it has the uh, it has the power loader scene in it as well at the end, yeah. which is like so it completely. It, it's the most iconic scene in the entire fucking series. What yeah. are you talking? What what fucking idiot put this list together, Daniel? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be like, well, if you start from Aliens and count forward, then it's a bad trilogy. <laughs> but I think that's just. Well, I mean, we could be wrong. Maybe people don't consider the second Alien movie to be as good as we consider it. I I think it's fantastic. I think the first two are great. I think Alien Three is fine. No, Aliens I mean, is Aliens is a higher Rotten Tomato score than Alien, so it's not just okay. Yeah, that's just a bad list, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the first, I think the first three Aliens is pretty good. Well, Captain America, where all all of them are fairly whatever. Yeah, they're all like they're, none of them are bad, none of them are great. They're fine. I would argue all of the early Marvel films are almost unwatchable because they're all extremely long and kind of boring. And um, to be honest, like that's just me. 
Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is fantastic, but Guardians of the Galaxy 1 isn't an early Marvel film. That's like nine films deep. Whereas like Tor 1 is like, okay, there's a couple funny <laughs> scenes where like he's, you know, he's adjusting to life on Earth. And it's like, yeah, this is just Chris Hemsworth being kind of funny. Like it's not a great movie. Captain America 1 is fucking mm. long. It's so long. And nothing happens to like most of the way through it. Like it doesn't really start to pick up till he's doing the stage plays where he's punching out Hitler every night for the US troops. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's fair. I'd put that on the list. I think that's fair. Well, actually, that doesn't belong on the list because I don't think the first ones are very good either. So I guess, I guess, I guess I'm not. They don't count. Yeah, that's the end of the list. They're not, I think Pirates of the Caribbean is the most fair, where the first one was really good, and the rest have just been trying to be the first I've, one again. I've seen two Pirates of the Caribbeans. I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean one, which I liked, and Pirates of the Caribbean, I guess, like six maybe, which I thought was pretty good. But I also don't understand any of the nuance in it, like when because the, the film is just all references, and I'm just thinking like. I I know it as like Orlando Boom, Keira Knightley, and fucking Johnny Depp, and I don't see half of those people <laughs> here. So it's Johnny Depp is in it, and then the other two kind of show up at the very end of that particular one for like uh, maybe thirty seconds. Mm. And, but like, I don't understand it. They're like, oh, the, we need to get the Black Pearl, and I'm just thinking, like, what the fuck is that? I don't know who these people are. What do I care? <laughs> I thought they were pirates. Why are we fighting ghosts now? I don't get it. It's so That's confusing. Stage. At this stage, I just do one whenever Johnny Depp needs more money. Hmm. Uh, there's no way Johnny Depp could ever need more money. Well, <laughs> I know. Okay, I guess now after the divorce, the but like, thing, probably. Yeah, <laughs> like in in general, it's like you know. I think we give that. Me and you talked for this recently, where at a certain point, you look at certain projects people take on. You kind of think like, there's so much money in the movie business now that surely you have a better, more fun project you could do than this. Um, and we got onto discussion because of Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds in it. Which is like, it, it's just like, hey, what if we kind of did Pixels again, maybe, kind of? And except for Ryan Reynolds is in it this time. And it's like, well, the first one was shit. So, I mean, doing an offshoot of that is probably also going to be shit. Like, <laughs> if the concept is bad and the script is bad, I don't care who the fucking lead actor is. It's not going to be good. Stop doing this. I mean, but- I mean, I do slightly disagree there in that I think Kevin James should be in no more movies. Uh, but otherwise, I agree with your point. I think, like, well, if you have a Kevin James movie and it does shit, it's probably because Kevin James is in it. Well, but <laughs> the, the same with, like, Adam Sandler, you know? A huge string of shit movies. People loved Uncut Gems. And then again, a string of fairly shit movies. I guess because people I assumed that Uncut Gems was going to be him as, like, a serious fucking actor from now on. It's like, no... No, that was just one of the like 18 scripts he said yes to. Like, don't, you know, one's going to turn out good eventually. You know, if you're fucking, if you're batting a thousand, one of them's going to fucking hit. Matthew McConaughey really skewed our view of what like, you know, lowly regarded actors could actually achieve if they tried. <laughs> but I just like, I understand, right? Because, and it's like, it's like the Christopher Lee thing where it's like, always say yes. And Nicolas Cage, another example, always says yes. But that was then. And you look at it now and it's like, a guy does a movie, like like a uh, Robert Downey Jr., right? Made like several hundred million fucking dollars off the Marvel films. What the fuck are you doing Dr. Doolittle for? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like, honestly, like, this isn't a money thing. Like, I don't care what people say where it's like, oh, but like, if someone's like, oh, here's nine million dollars to do Dr. Doolittle. You're just kind of thinking like, if you broke away from these shitty movies because you want to do something different. Surely someone that has hundreds of millions of dollars in cash couldn't be like, yes, 
Sign me up for Dr. Doolittle. Bring it on. Like, you have to have a bit like a more interesting script on offer than that, right? Surely he, should have been, he was trying maybe out his was, accent and was like, my dignity is worth more than whatever you're paying. <laughs> yeah, everyone planned him for maybe Sherlock. Maybe he's a strong so he personal like, relationship with the producer. I, I guess, but let's do something better then. Maybe he just really <laughs> likes doing films. Maybe he likes doing shit films. I mean, he must do, but like, don't criticize people for doing shit films and then you sign up to do Dr. Fucking Doolittle or whatever. Like, you know, put your money where your fucking mouth is. But there, there really does. There has to be a certain point where you kind of think like, I can't believe you're still doing this garbage. Like Chris Hemsworth's in like a lot of shitty films, but all of his films are kind of like that. And I think it's fine because that's how I view Chris Hemsworth. You know, mm. he was really, really good in the last tour film. And I'm sure he'll be good in the next tour film because it's the same producer. Mm. But... Outside of that, it's like, oh, he's in Action Movie 7, Action Movie 19. There's no, he's in the Helicopter Pilot 9. Like, it's just, it's the same fucking movie over and over again. It's like, yeah, this is fine. This is perfectly fine. I, I, this is exactly how I view Chris Hemsworth. But then you have Chris Evans, and he's like, yeah, I'm done with Captain America. I don't want to do this shit anymore. And he comes out with Knives Out. And Knives Out fucking rules. It's like, that's, a, that's the perfect way to break away from, from a set of movies that you've done for the last 10 years and do something much more interesting. And also, someone that has all of the fucking money. I don't get it. Well, I mean, the alternate is to just do an Adam Sandler and be like, it doesn't matter if my movies are successful now. I'm just going to use them as a series of holidays for me and my friends. But that's, what, that's, that's part of what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, you know, these are people that, like, because there's so much money in entertainment now, like a lot more money in, in movies and stuff than there ever was before. You know, you had people that, like, if they were at the highest echelon, they'd get like $8 million for a movie. And that's substantial money. Like fucking $8 million is a lot of fucking cash. But then you have situations now where someone walks off a movie and they made like $35 million fucking dollars. You know, for, for the one movie they did. That's a lot of fucking money. At a certain point, it has to be like a fucking dignity thing where it's like, okay, just do a more, some, do something interesting. Do anything interesting. Like how much money do you really fucking need, you know? I feel like... That impulse only seems obvious when you don't have any money uh, because so few rich people do that. So I presume that the moment you start earning money, you're just like, yeah, money is great. I'm going to get more of this. You know, 10 <laughs> million is nice, but 100 million would be better. Then what's Danny Jr.'s excuse? <laughs> he made like $300 million off the last fucking Avengers. <laughs> you don't need more then. Yeah, that's. I mean, you definitely don't need do little money for that. That's what I'm saying. I I'm saying it, is, it, is an out, it is an outrageously big cast for this film. Like John Cena, Ralph Fiennes is in it, Marion Cotillard. All the like, there's some massive actors doing fucking animal voices. I he's not oh, the wait, only person Doolittle. who has some explaining to do here. Yeah, I would I would argue that that's John Cena's scale. To be quite honest, I'd argue that's John Cena's scale. He's a he's a comedy player, and that works from in an ensemble cast. Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, Tom Holland, Ralph Fiennes, Selena Gomez, See? Marion Cotillard. The Tom, the Tom Holland thing is very this is fucking a, funny. There's a lot of, like, there's some huge names in this. I agree with you. I am on, we're on the same page. I think they all have to answer for this shit. And the funniest part about Tom Holland being in it is during the press conference stuff for Doolittle, he was saying shit like, you know, I hope Tom Holland realizes that, like, there's a life outside of Marvel and outside of Spider-Man. Like, you don't want to Michael get trapped Sheen. doing Michael these Sheen. forever. Michael Sheen is in it. Yeah, so? I'm just saying. He's on, he's on his pension now. 
Well, obviously, they, they, I, I reckon they managed to sign a gigantic cast of really, really busy actors at the height of lockdown to film it. When no, it should do the little, do the little, do the little came out like two years ago. 20, 2020, no? Or it's, well, okay, 2020 or 2019, something like that. But they filmed it before, before COVID. Did they? Yeah. But, so, but here's the problem with it, right? He says this stuff, like, with to Tom Holland, he's like, you know, I hope he realizes there's a life outside of Spider-Man. And he's right. Like, you can only do Spider-Man for so long. And he does a good job with it, but eventually you've mm. got to move on. You've got to do other stuff. But don't fucking do that when you're fucking promoting Dr. Doolittle, you fuck. <laughs> fuck, mm. fuck you and your fucking Dr. Doolittle garbage. Get the fuck out of here. Go make Weird Science too. <laughs> that's what I want to see from Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle. See, that's Tom what I'm Holland, saying. Tom Holland is in Doolittle as a, uh, as a dog called Jip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, really fucking, really educating like the young actor you've taken under your wing there. You don't want to get trapped doing <laughs> Spider-Man. Hey, would you like to play Jip? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get cast as like this like bit actor in like who plays the silly superhero guy. You want to you really branch out at some point. Anyway, I have this role for a fucking talking dog if you're interested. Fuck these anyway. guys. 14% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, considered, oh, shocking. considered by the New York Times to have lost $250 million. Good. Hope he self-funded it. Hope he self-funded He's back as Iron Man next year. That would Fucking be... Asshole. I, I love when actors are super into <laughs> obviously terrible movies as like their passion project. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this, this... Like Vin Diesel is the only person in the world who loves the Riddick movies. <laughs> I think... All he does is try to earn money to make more Riddick movies. Yeah, you and like four other people based on the box office, Steve. He keeps he keeps losing money and he keeps just like, this is great. I need another one. I need another one of these out. I, this the is great, this is my magnum opus. They, they just keep getting weirder and weirder and I can't I can't argue with that. It's amazing. Yeah. Pitch Black is fantastic. What a great film. It's so suspenseful. It's so scary at points. It's there's a lot going on for it. It's very simple as well, like a super simple movie. We're fucked. We have to get out of here. We're fucked. Super simple. Chronicles hmm. of Riddick comes out and it's like so convoluted. Like, oh no, you're actually a Furian. What the fuck does that mean, dude? What the fuck's <laughs> going on here? There's a fucking. They've somehow trapped the avatar of fucking wind for the planet on a ship and she's slowly floating back and forward over the ship so they can't get her and stuff. It's like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> this is bizarre. And then, like, at one point, he like douses himself in water and, like, how would you? I guess like fucking. I guess like rope swings through the sun to save somebody. Really odd. Like such a strange set of fucking movies. Like it starts off like there's creatures in the darkness. We can't go in there. This is they're very scary. They will absolutely kill us. And then the next one is like we've captured the wind avatar. And we we have we have to wipe out all the Furians. It's like what the fuck is this? What are you talking about? Who are these people? What's a Furian? <laughs> what what is going on here? <laughs> The um, the other ones that I see here for I was looking at passion projects that are shit, and I've never heard of half of these, which is probably indicative. But it do little is here. Uh, but I think the the most interesting ones are After Earth, which I'd completely forgotten about, even though it came out like three years ago. Uh, which was just fucking Will Smith trying to set up his son as a star, and it made everyone realize never, never work with Will Smith's son. It's terrible. And fucking Mordecai. Do you ever do you remember Mordecai, the Johnny Depp one from like no. 2014, 20, he played like some posh English dude. No, uh, I didn't. 
Yeah, he got a single person to fund it for 60 million. He got Lionsgate put up 60 million because he wanted to, he tried to make it for 10 years and it came out and I think it's got 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Do you know what the funniest part is with someone like Johnny Depp getting someone to hand him $60 million to make a movie? He's probably taking half of that for his paycheck. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably paying himself half. Oh, that's so funny. Don Holy John. Oh, not that. Yeah, uh, not that. Oh, it's Richard, which is the other Grossing weird one. Forty-seven million dollars okay. against its sixty million dollar budget. Wow. Ah, uh, wait, wait. Here's an iconic one. Freddy got fingered. <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> Where Tom, uh, not Tom Green, was trying to get that made for apparently like <laughs> ten years. I thought you were going to say Tom Holland for a second. Tom... <laughs> okay, like four-year-old Tom Holland saying he wants to be in Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> <laughs> Would he even have been four when that came out? It's 2000, so he probably would have been. Like, I think yeah. he's like 20, isn't he? No, he's <laughs> older than that. I think Civil... he's still pretty young. Civil War came out like five years ago or something. It wasn't 50. Okay, the two, the two of you guess how old Tom Holland is. I'd say 28. Okay, Stephen, go. 32. He is 25 years old as of this June. Hmm. So uh, he, he would have... He actually... He would have... He would have... I got it! Uh. <laughs> Incredible. That was purely based on me throwing out a random number into the ether and getting it right. The only <sighs> fucking memory I have of anything Tom Green produced is that thing where he goes around singing that his bum is on things. Like he goes up to the Swedish embassy uh, and just like puts his bare ass against the word Swedish and starts saying, my bum is on the Swedish. My bum is on the Swedish. <laughs> and that's, as far as I'm concerned, his only cultural legacy. <laughs> that and Freddy got fingered. <laughs> Tom That's Holland's favorite movie. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Stephen, what do you got for us? Uh, God, I, did, I didn't think you'd actually ask me to do a formal topic at all. Of course, I've I've ragged on Hollywood enough. I've ragged on the super rich being too greedy enough. <clears throat> do you find you print out your photographs anymore i just found a massive folder of of photos that i had printed out before including some very nice pictures of you two that i've now started putting up my wall huh when was the last time I, you printed out a big heap of pictures and photos developed effectively and printed out so that you could look at them I did it like two or three years ago to get some presents, like to frame them. And mm. I didn't actually know what to do. I had to get someone to help me because it had been so long. I was, I, I was like, normally I give you the roll of film, but there's no roll of film anymore. And they had to like show me off. <laughs> they had to show me to the kiosk, like you put the, th the memory card in here, sir. Do you have a memory card? And I didn't. So I had to go off and come back and get a memory card. And then they had to <laughs> show me again. I think they thought like they were, they were talking to me very slowly. I'm uh, pretty it, sure you can also do it through your phone. But mm -hmm. I think then you have to manually select them. And <laughs> the idea of like, because I don't know about you guys, but I have thousands of pictures on my phone. Uh, no. Like the idea of having to manually go through all of those and like <laughs> and flag which ones are going to be printed and which ones aren't before I get these fucking pictures. And then like, what if you're walking through and then like just on this giant fucking kiosk screen is just like some fuckers nudes just in the middle <laughs> of booths. You know what I mean? Like, just fucking, he's going through and he's like, oh, this is from Nana's birthday party. I want that one. I want that one. Oh, yeah, here's here's from graduation. And then he boops to the next page and just like him with fucking dick in hand, big fucking blown up kiosk and boots, trying to like swipe away. 
or even even he accidentally prints his entire memes folder and he's just being judged. <laughs> shit post Perhaps. alert! Shit post alert! <laughs> it's just all image macros, and he's like, "I normally, I normally have better taste than this. I'm really sorry." Well, the only this thing is actually my worse, dad's phone. The only thing that would be worse than having to go and select them manually on your phone would be having to pull them out of the actual pile that you've had printed out of your entire every photo on your phone. Imagine paying how much that would cost you. Jesus. I, would you take pictures last... less if every time you took a picture on your phone it printed out and just like appeared in your room? Like automatically well, yeah, you couldn't turn probably, it off? Probably, yeah. I probably wouldn't use that as much. <laughs> I'd probably stop using really it. Handy, together. <laughs> when really you, handy, When you get a new phone, do you like just bring over every image in your phone or do you like distinguish between them and bring over different stuff? Because I what? never go to the effort. Like... You know, you, you you can copy it over onto your memory card, so you, we get new. Why phone would you do own. that? So you don't lose your photographs. Put them on your computer. Why? Why would you put them on your new phone? And I have yeah. ne- I have never put my pictures on my phone on my computer. What? I have I have pictures on my phone going back to when from when I first got a smartphone. What? Oh, my my Dropbox has like eight years worth of photos on it. Yeah, obviously your Dropbox, but like. Why I don't know. I just never all think... your phone photos on your fucking phone. My phone and my computer are separate, uh, separate entities. I've never thought that I could transfer files between them. What? I did a whole PhD taking photographs of documents, and I never re- I, I like had this very convoluted way of like putting them up on Google Drive oh and God. looking them up there. What is wrong with you? Apparently, a lot. <laughs> but wh- why? Why would you just not? Why would you not clear it out? I just never think of doing it. When do you do it? Do you just like, like when, I, do, I, I do it once a year. Um, I, I, I categorize my stuff year by year. So I'll empty out my entire phone um, at the end of the year into different places. And then I'll, I'll go again and uh, do it that way because I not so much at the minute because <laughs> we're inside, but like, I'll take fucking thousands of photos a year. Like, <laughs> and like some I delete, like some are just like taken randomly or it's not a good photo. So I delete it, but like, I'll take thousands of photos a year. Like, I was going through my phone recently, actually deleting things. I just, oh, I'm on it. <laughs> I was looking at my fucking no. phone. Uh, let me see if I can get an exact number. Just at the minute, and this after me deleting loads, my current photos, I have 1,529 photos, uh, 57 videos um, on my phone at the minute. Um, so I go through once a year and I empty all that off. Well, you don't want to lose them. So I'll delete, does they, does they that like include them. WhatsApp shit, or is that like things you've actually things that actually matter to you because you know like you know if you if, if i send you a shitty screenshot that counts as an image on your phone yeah so there is screenshots in there too i mostly wipe those um to be honest i usually wipe them pretty quick but <laughs> yeah, there's there's about 1500 like proper photos or at the very least there's screenshots that i'm keeping for one reason or another um on there but i'll, I'll do it once a year i do i tend to do it to start it every year and then go fresh and see where i end up see what ends up on my phone by the end of the year But I haven't, uh, I haven't printed in a long, long time, uh, like physical photos. I have one photo from me and Aoife. Well, it's a little like collage thing up sitting up in front of me here. Um, from when we were in Vegas, we went to a photo booth. Um, I think we have a couple other photo booth photos maybe sitting around here somewhere. But for pro- photos we've taken, I mean, the next time we're going to print any photos at all will be after the wedding, once the photographer gets back to us. Hmm. We got back um, a link to the wedding photos for the wedding we were at a few weeks ago. And the only picture we're in is the one of the first dance between with the couple where because of where we were sat <laughs> on the table. There's just a picture of the two of us, look, uh, Nuri and I, looking kind of shocked with mouths completely full of food. As it's quite like a nice intimate moment of the couple. <laughs> ex- except we're framed directly between the two of them. 
so there's no way to avoid us and we're somehow also in focus so we sort how... of accidentally ruined one of the wedding shots and i don't know why the photographer how kept the photographer it in except that? that a spice i don't know i mean she, they, she took like you know hundreds of photos and there was only about 50 on the album so she should have just she should have just photoshopped and that made it into the album, Christ. I maybe she, I mean, there were other like dance photos. I assume she did it out of like this is a funny photograph, but yeah, yeah. it was very, it was very disheartening to be like, oh, I looked quite good at that wedding. I hope there's photographs of me and my friends who I didn't see in two years. Nope, that's the uh, only photo I'm in. Stephen, you've done this recently too, but uh, man, it's uh, it's very stressful when you photograph a friend's wedding. Eh? <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't even the I wasn't even the official photo- photographer, so it was. Um... I didn't actually have to do any of the posing or marshalling people, which to be honest is the hardest part for me because I'm not, I'm not very good at doing people as I'm not good at doing, at doing portraits anyway. I'm no, I've no tremendous understanding of lighting beyond the ambient lighting. I'm not very good at setting up lights or never quite got to the stage of understanding anything than a simple bounce or fill flash in terms of my photographic odyssey. Um, but uh, you know, I'm quite good at on the uh, your action shots and stuff. At least I like to pretend that I am. It's incredibly stressful. And then you're trying <laughs> to have a good time. No, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, I. Uh, if... And then and then then people are just like, you there. You don't want to ruin anyone's day by just dumping the raw folder up for somebody, and then the relatives are instantly there demanding the pictures. Like, let's get let's have the pictures now. And I'm just like. I you you charged me with taking pictures of all the drunk people. I mean, <laughs> after dark, in harsh uh, with like harsh direct light flash, I'm not giving you these pictures. You're not getting these pictures. I'm sorry, not without <laughs> me looking through them to see where people are like looking terrible. I mean, this is just not going to be. That's not fair on people at all. None of these yeah. are flattering. But I the that was the that was the most stressful part for my cousin's wedding was that. Uh, I was the photographer who was there for the the first dance and stuff. Yeah. Or the the photographer they'd paid had gone home after doing the portraits. So there was no photos of the first dance except what I'd taken with the DSLR. And obviously everybody else took photos on their phones. But pictures at the thing was fine. It's a great chance to talk to people at the wedding. But you do feel like you're you're working a little bit. But I suppose on the other hand does the hardest bit is, is the expectations of your relatives you really just want to see the pictures right now yeah it's also stressful too because like at certain points you're thinking like oh, i really don't want to fuck this up somehow because then <laughs> then their wedding photos are fucked up and it's like shit that's uh you leave that's a cap on for all of them yes yeah. <laughs> hundreds of black photos at the end of it I, you forget Sorry, your the lighting wasn't very good inside <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. I didn't, I, I, I didn't. I didn't realize how ugly your all your family were. So I, I took. I yeah. took the liberty of editing it. Well, because that was it for for um, Aoife's maid of honor for her wedding. I was the only photographer, mm. um, and they were stressing about money and stuff. And they had turned around at one point. And they were like, "Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get a photographer in, but like, you know, it's expensive. It'll cost about four hundred quid." And I was like, "You think you're gonna get a wedding photographer for four hundred quid? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh my god!" They said, he said it, and I said to Aoife, I was like, Aoife, they're not going to get one for about 1100 quid. Like, never mind 400 Fucking hell. Like, so I was well, saying... You'd be doing well at the moment right now with the way weddings are doing, 1500 or more. Yeah. That's what I mean. I said, like, it'll cost them at least 1100 quid. So I was like, look, just, just tell them that if they really want to, I'll do it. You know, mm-hmm. I won't charge them anything. I'll do a free of charge if that's what they're looking for. And uh, 
that was a stressful day because I was thinking like <laughs> I, I'm more than skilled enough to do this but like also if something happens where like I fuck this up or something like it just means that I've <laughs> ruined their wedding photos and they have no photos yeah. of their wedding so I was thinking the whole time I was thinking like okay let's see how this ends let's see where we end up here but it came okay the they were happy the most difficult thing about any of that kind of thing is the posing not necessarily the, the technical aspects it's the paperwork so it is one of the hardest things is that like is to is to get people posed and set up in a way that is uh, attractive and neat and looks good for the group shots which is what people yeah. really really want at the end of the day those are the pictures that are going to last the longest in anyone's yeah. wedding, wedding albums and be put up on the wall is the big group shots and that's the most difficult to get right although in saying that Maggie did immediately put one of my photos up as her profile picture on Facebook, Aoife was telling me. So I do actually want money now. <laughs> like before it was a favor, but now if you're using it in public, I, I deserve my fucking money. So, you know, there will be an invoice at the wedding for, for Dan to hand over. As, as, the, as the best man, he'll have to hand over the bill. But uh, I'll just, do it with a great ceremony. <laughs> I, just, I, I just need to source a trumpeter, which is going to go <laughs> with the invoice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fanfare has to go in the invoice. Like that, that's part of the contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I guess with that though, we will we'll have to call it a day here. Unfortunately, we had to do this one a little bit at an awkward time for everyone, but you know we wanted to get one done and recorded and put up. So this has been episode thirty-five of Morning Bridges. Realized we never did an intro. Whoops. <laughs> so we'll see right at the end. Episode thirty-five of Morning Brew. Uh, thank everyone very much for listening. Make sure that you share it with friends. Make sure you like it on iTunes or Spotify. Um, it's also on Amazon Podcast Music, Podbean, whatever they call it. I don't fucking know. It's wherever that is. Also, I think we're on Audible. So I guess listen to us on Audible if you like listening to Audible. Listen to us, listen to us on your Kindle. <laughs> Won't that be a fun time? I think I, the feedback we got was that we're... I think the feedback we got was that we're in Audible, not that we're on Audible. It's different. Major. <laughs> oh. Is that a different thing? <laughs> I don't want to download on Audible. I already have in Audible and Audible. What do I do with all these apps? I, of course, been Adam Sheridan. I'm Stephen Burke. And I'm Daniel Purcell. Go watch Willy's Wonderland. Bye.